Channel 4's teletext service, 4Tel, offers you more from 4. All that's new on 4, including Channel 4's early morning television service, the Channel 4 Daily. A guide to all your favorite sport on 4 with up-to-the-minute results. There's background information on Channel 4's wide variety of arts and music programs, plus news, reviews, and listings of all the films on 4. So if you have a teletext set, call up the index on page 410 and get more from 4 with 4Tel. listening to Teletext People. Teletext People is a social record of people that have been involved in either the production or the restoration or the artwork of the blocky medium that once dominated our TV screens in Great Britain before 2012. In the series you will hear from the pioneers, the people who made it tick and also people who have only recently visited the Teletext medium but in their own way keeping it alive for the preservation for others in the future. In this episode, we speak to Dan Farramond, a digital retro artist. And I started by asking Dan what teletext actually meant to him. Well, I think it's always been that in my life from a very young age. So it's a case of familiarity with me. And it's an ever-present force, I guess, in my life from when I was a little kid. I always saw teletext as this futuristic thing. And I still have that opinion. I still have that idea in my head that it's... It's from the future, and every time I see it, it always seems so sci-fi movie from the future to me. But yeah, I always knew about it as a kid, because my granddad had it on his gigantic telly at his house. And we would play bamboozle together, although I was really bad at it. He would mostly answer the questions. And shortly after, I think we got a family Teletext TV set. So, we would use that mainly for the news and football scores. So, why teletext? I I don't know. It Like I said, it's just something that was there, you know? Something that was an instrumental part of my early life. So, at what point did um, teletext cross over into um, creating artworks yourself? Well... I'd like to say that I submitted some artworks for Frame It, or the CFAX equivalent of that. You know, where you could draw a teletext page and send it in? But sadly, I didn't do that. My brother did. We've got a photograph of him standing in front of the TV with his thumbs up, which is really good. But I'm sad to say I didn't do that. I guess you could call my contributions to the magazine, my letters that I would write to teletext, art. The, the, the kind of creative, but also a little bit crazy. For example, one of my contributions to the zine was 10 things you can do with a walking stick. 
And then there were all these different things you could do with a walking stick, like play snooker, play golf, and then number 10, right at the end, walk with it. Oh, so the magazine, was that, um, what, what, what service was that on? Was that on um, uh, Channel 4? Yeah, I believe that was, it was definitely on Channel 4 when I submitted to it, on Teletext Limited. And then later on, it transitioned to digital teletext. It was on that for a couple of years, I remember, because I sent a message, an email by, by that point, actually, something like, Hello, you lots probably won't remember me from back in the day, but I am back. And then nobody ever read it. So by that time, magazine, you could write, a, write an email and it would be on the next day. The, the heyday of the zine had long since passed. And back then, you had to wait two weeks for your letter to be published. So from the heady days of using teletext, um, you've become uh, an exponent of uh, teletext art, um, actually making it for, for the community. So how did that start? How, how did you first discover that you could make teletext on a computer and share it with other people? I think it would have been about 2005-2006 when I was doing my doing my university degree course which was uh, multimedia arts and I was struggling to think of something to do my dissertation on so I got back to my student flat and I was thinking what in the world can I do it about I don't know I'm going to have to go on teletext here while I think because I would do that sometimes you know you needed something on in the background so I would I would put the sports scores on or whatever. And then it occurred to me, aha, I've got to do my project about teletext. Because I thought back to my early days uh, browsing Digitizer and the magazine and all those wonderful artworks created by Paul Rose in the 90s and remembered that you could use teletext to create art. And this sparked something off. Uh, the one thing I think that there was the glue in my, my whole university career, as it was, was teletext. Because I was doing all these other crazy things like little animations and stuff with Flash, uh, you know, interactive things for the web. But all the time I was looking into teletext and teletext art. And you can actually still find my dissertation online somewhere. But... Uh, probably not a good idea to look that up because it's probably very embarrassing. <laughs> However, it, it is there if anybody wants to use it as a source for anything. But I think the most important thing about that was I learned about how teletext can be used for art and how and how artists were sort of on the cusp of turning it into a more serious art form. And I think that inspired me to try and champion it a bit more. And we've got to this point today where I'm taking it more seriously than ever, I think. One of the things that I wanted to do, eventually, was get teletext in a textbook, uh, an art textbook of some sort. And um, that endeavour is still ongoing, but one day we will do it. But yeah, uh, back then... I found something called the Zebratext Teletext Editor and I experimented with that because there was a project called Lab. was it called Microtel? In yes. the Netherlands. Yes. 
and that was for the Rotterdam Film Festival. Is Rotterdam the Netherlands? It is, isn't it? It's for the Rotterdam Film Festival, 2005, I think it was. Uh, they invited people to create their own teletext artworks with this program. And I was a little bit too late for that, but I managed to do some experimentation. And that was a lot of fun. I found it... The most important thing is that it was a lot of fun. Yes, and uh, that's where I... That's where I found that I could make teletext was on that page. It was like a legacy page long after the festival, but the uh, Cereba text editor was still available for a uh, download there. So that's where I started playing with it. Were there any other artists about that sort of um, inspired you for the work that you were going to be making? That's a very good question. I'm trying to think which artists I named in that dissertation. I'm pretty sure I must have named... Raquel Myers in that there, there was one they were all contributors to the Lectrolab project if I remember and one of them was named Carola Unterberger Probst uh, some more strange influences like GIF model at GIF model on Twitter Dragan Espenscheid was one of them I liked his little artworks that he made for that project and a few other people like Maki, Maki Ueda, he did a project in around 2000 for a European service. I think it might have been a, like a 25 or a 35 frame animation that told a little story. And I, w- I remember being quite inspired by that, that you could do something like that. Actually sort of like tell a whole story uh, just through um, graphics and text. Yeah, rather than the, just one static page. I, I couldn't do that myself at that point, but I remember being really impressed that they'd actually pulled off a sort of really slow teletext animation. So with all the teletext experience that you were uh, gaining through your artworks for your dissertations, did you then get the sort of motivation to share your teletext artwork with the wider world. Yeah, I did post those early experiments online as soon as I made them. But I don't think I actually had anything constructive to work towards with it, really, because I sort of dropped teletext art until 2012, I think early 2012, when I saw a call-out for something they were calling the International Teletext Art Festival, uh, which is actually a decade old this year. And that would have been around about the time when I started taking it seriously, because I was still experimenting in my artworks that I sent, but they had more of a purpose, because they were going to be shown on real teletext, which is, I think, still a great motivation for me. And it definitely was back then. So I submitted about 10 pages and was very surprised when they they showed them all. I thought they would pick one or two, but they showed all my... I made a load of dodgy meme-based pages like Trollface, which was a lot more popular back then, um, uh, linking it to the digital switchover. So I was sort of memeing and... I don't know if I would do that sort of thing now. (laughs) But yeah, I was sort of trying to bring the web 
and memes to teletext a little bit. So that little bit of the web, the bit of a, a bit of a crossover with the web, as it were. And what TV station were they shown on? So that was shown on Odd Text, I think. Well, it was certainly shown on Wiley Text because I was looking that up earlier today, and possibly Swiss Text in Switzerland, and quite probably Germany as well, because those early Teletext art festivals were shown across multiple services across Europe. Just a reminder that if you're listening to this on your favourite podcast app, you can also find this on the YouTube channel. And if you are watching on YouTube, you can find us on your favourite podcasting app. You can find out ways that you can help with the show in the show notes. I first uh, met you at the um, Tate Britain, was it, in in, um, in London, where you were doing the Late at Tate uh, exhibition. So what was that about? You know something, I was, I was very nearly late to the Tate block party that you're talking about, because I got on the wrong train, and it's only through a very kind train conductor that I managed to get there on time. And if that didn't happen, the whole world of teletext art could have collapsed in upon itself. <laughs> a, t- a kind train conductor said, oh, you need to change your crew, mate. If I'd have stayed on that train, I would have been half an hour late. And, you know, the butterfly effect. We wouldn't have been sitting here today, Carl. We w- I wouldn't have been talking to you right now. Uh, but no, yeah, that... It's, it was a very memorable day. I think about it all of the time. The Teletext block party in 2015 at Tate Britain. All the, all the people that turned up to it that were all so enthusiastic about Teletext and learning about it. it was, that was a real influence and an inspiration, I believe, that event. So were you approached to um, host that by, by, the, by the Tate Britain? Or, or how, how, how did that come about? Yeah, I was approached, and I believe they found my work on Tumblr, because at that time I was posting a mixture of my own work and some of of Jason Robertson's teletext captures from the 80s and the 90s, and they found this blog and asked me if I would come and give a presentation, uh, along with about three or four other people who could potentially exhibit at Tate Britain, at this um, late at Tate series of events. So I went along to it and found that all of the other guys were London-based. So I travelled half the distance of the country from Wigan uh, to give this talk, and thankfully they loved it. I I kind of hogged the spotlight a little bit, because you were only supposed to have six minutes, but... They were all so enthusiastic about it, and they were fielding all these questions afterwards. I kind of got the feeling that they wanted to do it, regardless of how well my presentation went. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's good. And I remember there you had a lock, a cube of uh, televisions as well as a as an installation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The 
the wall of televisions is such an attractive thing. And it's funny how many subsequent um, clients want or wanted <laughs> a wall of televisions at their events because there's something so cool about it, isn't there? Teletext on these multiple screens. So, um, so with um, with with your endeavours there um, at at the um, at the Tate Britain, um, did you go on and do any more exhibitions or anything um, and anything along those lines after that? Um, yes, I was invited to go and give a talk in Germany for the Republica Republica Festival, and. We dubbed that, or I dubbed that, Block Party 2, <laughs> borrowing the name from uh, a certain other person who's in this call. Uh, thank you very much, Carl. <laughs> it's quite, it's interesting how important you are in these things, because I'm very bad at naming stuff, but <laughs> we've just chosen your names for our Teletext endeavors, Carl, like Block Party, Teletext R. Uh, but certainly block party I stole from you. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah. Germany in two thousand and sixteen I think it was, we had a little teletext art workshop which was really fun. And I got to go along and see a talk about teletext as well. In German, so I understood very little of it, but it was still fun to be there for the Republica Festival thingy majig. So when getting closer to home, um, we hosted some uh, block parties uh, together in uh, Cambridge. And that's, is that, is that when you sort of felt that there was a momentum coming together where there are similar people with their finger in teletext just all suddenly coming together and um, actually being identified as one subculture? Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Because the number of people that turned up for our first block party in Cambridge. Now, I, I believe that was also 2016. There was an Im immense amount of people that came along to the workshop. If you look at some of the photos, I'm surprised how many people we had in that little classroom at the Computing Museum in Cambridge. There were definitely no more seats left. People were standing at the back and fielding questions. Certainly by later in the afternoon, when we had some of the artist talks. The artist's panel with Paul Rose and Steve Horsley, a particular highlight for me, that was. Have you been asked by anybody else, like outside outside the circle, to uh, provide them any sort of teletext? Um, and any local personalities or anybody like that at all? Oh, I know where you're leading with this. <laughs> local personalities. Yeah, the Lancashire Hot Pots which are a local folk band from Lancashire, of course. I made, uh, well, I put together a music video of sorts for them. The song was Lancashire's For Me, and it was sung in the style of Erasure, a very simple three-chord ditty, but I find myself singing it all the time. But th that's testament to the song, I think, because I sat there and edited that music video, for a couple of weeks, and I'm still not bored of the song. In fact, I could play it for you right now. Lancashire's for me, it's the friendliest of counties. Lancashire's for me, there's no place I'd rather be. You make me smile with your red rose, it's really, really great, the nose. Yes, Lancashire, yes, Lancashire's for me. 
did you do anything uh, for any sort of like political figures? Uh, absolutely, yes. I, I don't know how you know that, Carl. <laughs> yeah, uh, Count Binface, formerly Lord Buckethead, you might remember him because he ran against Boris Johnson and also Theresa May, I mm. think, in their local constituencies. <laughs> and he was the guy with a bin on his head. So, more recently, during the lockdown, he asked me to create... Oh, this was fun. He asked me to put together a bamboozle-style lockdown quiz. Now, he would write the questions, and I put them together in a little teletext video where people could select the colour according... <laughs> in, in the old bamboozle fashion. You know, like you would use your remote to, to select the appropriate colour for the answers. Well, I did it in that style. I, oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And Binface is a wonderful guy because completely off his own back after that, he sent me a crate of beer, which um, I don't actually drink, but it was a, a wonderful, wonderful gesture because uh, we all enjoyed that. Oh, it, he's such a great chap. The, yeah, Count Binface's... Um dalliance with with uh teletext is because it's one of his manifesto pledges isn't it to uh bring cfax back i think that's how he got sort of tangled up in our web wasn't it yes it was on his checklist of things to do get cfax back on television and then he proudly pronounced on twitter oh i have got cfax back on the television of course, it was on the last leg with Adam Hills for one second, but it was there. His bin-boozle quiz, it was there on TV, so he delivered on his election promise. These are huge things for your uh, curriculum uh, vitae, aren't they? So um, I'm hoping that there's a few more people coming to you for uh, teletext-based art design solutions, Then. Oh, yeah, lots of people have come to me over the years one of the first people to do that was racing uk tv text and they approached me in about 2012 so i did a bunch of graphics for them and there's a sample of those on my website but i remember creating a lot more than that down the years because they would occasionally drop in and say oh we've got this feature like um, there was a female jockey, and I did a portrait for her. I'm going to have to put that up as well, aren't I? But yeah, they would occasionally come back to me. Until at the races teletext ended, I would occasionally have bits and pieces on there. And I think that's possibly my greatest achievement in the world of teletext, because I got it on British teletext. Looking at the present and the future, have you got any projects on the go at the moment that you can share with us? Oh, well, we've just finished the project with Ule Texti TV, YLE Text, in Finland, to celebrate the 41st anniversary of the service. And we had, I think it must have been about 30 artworks by 15 different artists submitted, and I enjoyed creating a few of those. So that, that's been on my mind recently. Yeah, I, I just still love doing stuff that's going to be shown on actual broadcast teletext it's sort of like i said earlier it's still one of the biggest motivations for me uh, so where can we find all your work then is it, is it all online somewhere well i'm in the process of trying to get 
more up to date with my portfolio and I've recently been uploading a selection of my work to DeviantArt. Well, first of all, you can visit danfarimond.co.uk and that's my main portfolio. And, and you've done a lot of um, interviews for radio and uh, television, uh, having to contextualise um, what teletext is to, to the layperson as well, haven't you? Yeah, I think I've done... Oh, I must have done about half a dozen radio interviews, including a couple of interesting ones for Germany, because they would have to translate what I was saying so you can just about hear what I'm saying in the background, but there's a translator talking over me, and I, I hope they weren't saying rude things about me. I'm, I'm sure they weren't, but, you know, you always, <laughs> you get a bit paranoid that I hope this translator is <laughs> painting me in a good light. Um, do you have any significant projects that, uh, that you're very proud of? Well, I think... One of my favorite projects was for Lunique Gallery in France, where I was exhibited alongside a group of international teletext artists. But I had a special video presentation on there, which was actually in the window of the... Well, it's basically a shop front. If you look at the photos, you can see that the Lunique Gallery, lunique.info, incidentally, online, is... It's basically a shop front, and it's got a big projection television in the window. And that's brilliant. That That is the way I imagine Teletext to be, like I was speaking about earlier, on the multiple televisions. Standing in front of a shop like Dixon's and viewing Teletext. So I, I believe, in a way, that's its native home in a shop window. And that was a great collaboration, I thought, with Goto80, who's a wonderful chiptune artist, and he donated some of his um, musical works for that. But yeah, I think the significance of that is getting teletext into serious galleries. It's part of the taking teletext seriously, and yet not at the same time, because it feels like we're invading something Teletext is invading the serious stuff. Teletext, which was never this entirely serious format, is actually invading the, st the, the stuffy world of, of modern art, yes? And I remember one of my favorite reviews of the Glitch exhibition uh, that I took part in with a, a load of other people, but it had this rubbish old Teletext TV that I set up in there. And I read a review about it that said, well, the exhibition's a bit jarring because you have this, the, the clean modernism of these other artworks. And then this rubbish old retro television set <laughs> that's, um, that looks very much out of place in a clean white gallery showing this horrible glitched up teletext. And I'm, I'm particularly proud of that one. And I can, I'm going to have that on my epitaph, I think. I remember um, going back to Teletext in the 90s. It wouldn't always be plain smooth sailing because you'd tune in to some uh, awful snow-covered TV program with poor reception and try to work the Teletext. But all that came up was this wonderful 
mishmash of characters and sometimes words would transform into other words quite hilariously like um, I, I don't i don't know what your uh policy on swearing on this podcast is Carl, that's fine but you can beep it out if you wish but um my favorite one is um from an old cfax hockey report where somebody took a great shit instead of a great shot because the TV glitched up on that one particular letter, very unfortunately. So um, that paints some very vivid pictures in the mind, uh, as Teletext can, as only Teletext can. Thank you to Dan Farramond. You can find Dan Farramond's work on danfarramond.co.uk. You have been listening to Teletext People. Teletext People is presented by me, Carl Attrell, and is a Bite High No Limit production. I really enjoyed making this podcast series. However, if you want to help with the hosting costs, you can do so by finding the coffee link in the notes. <laughs>